This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello again. Welcome to another edition of Big Chris Live, the live stream, then the podcast. You can find it everywhere you find podcasts, as they say, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Drop us a review on Apple Podcasts and the Dean Blundell Network, deanblundell.com, our podcast network host. My guest this evening is Dan Allaire. It's Dan Allaire Comedy, bitches! <laughs> Woo! Hey, Dan, what's going on, man? Long time, long time no see. My favorite person to see a concert with, Dan oh Yeah, the only, and I'll tell you everybody why, because for some weird reason, like I'm not a pot smoker, but this guy here is, yeah. and every concert we've ever gone to together, <laughs> somehow someone lights up a nasty one right next to us and just goes like, yeah? And I was like, no, but he wants it, you know? And then he yeah. just blazes all night on on some other guy dan was my lucky charm for getting free weed at concerts you really <laughs> were man that's why yeah. you're my favorite man but yeah like what did we see it was that three day three days grace with uh velvet revolver that was that was the one time where it sealed the deal i think where you were like it's official you get yeah. free weed at every concert <laughs> well the first one was motley crew right right we saw yeah motley, yeah that's right saw- Motley Crue, and I know the two girls that were sitting in front of us, they they split their albums up. You remember that? Uh, the albums yeah. were, they did like uh, Theater of Pain, uh, Shout at the Devil, and like their debut EP stuff. And yeah. the girls in front of us kept looking at each other like, we don't know any of this music. And then finally, <laughs> finally the second half of the show, they did some stuff off of Girls, 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 and the girls were like, oh, okay, yeah. good. But that whole time, you were oblivious to all of it because you were just having a hoot with the two fellas beside us because yeah. they brought the stash. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's true, man. I, I also remember that concert too. And I remember just being like, shout, shout at the devil. Like it's up in my fist up in the air. And then just looking down and these two girls are like, what's going on? Yeah, they were, they were, they were literally like, what is this? What a waste of money. Yeah. They arms crossed. Is this right. even them? <laughs> they were waiting for like, <laughs> home sweet home and Dr. Feel. They were waiting yeah. for all the, you know, whatever mainstream breakthrough songs yeah. uh, that yeah. Motley Crue had, but uh, all the really heavy, good stuff we were there for, they were oblivious to. Yeah. Yeah. The early stuff the the, yeah, that the hardcore fans are there for. Uh, by the way, before we get too far into this podcast, I have to mention, we have a new sponsor to big Chris. It's a big time. Yeah, that's right. We want to say thank you to Dawkins Donuts for their uh, sponsorship. When you need a good Dawkins, you head on down to Dawkins Donuts. I hear the glory hole there is fantastic, actually. It's actually delicious. It's not fantastic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's how they feed them to you. It's the cream center. You just you just never know which one's coming through. You just open your mouth and something comes through the hole. Yeah. Oh, man. Try the experience. Yeah, that sounds um, <laughs> sounds like our last podcast with Oz. We were talking about weed glory hole. Back to the weed for a second. He used to slide like a little tiny like pencil thing through a hole. He would stick like a 20 through the hole, and then you get like this little tiny thin thing back. And it's like, that's a weed glory hole. 
is what that is. That's one guys don't mind, but uh, not too many men. Other, uh, although, if there was a wiener and a donut on the other end, yeah, I think I might try it. I think I yeah, I would. It. If someone stuck a a a pastry through a hole in a wall, I would, I would eat it. Yeah. Yeah. If we could redefine glory hole and what comes through it, then I might be interested. Yeah, that's right. I think it just needs a rebranding, maybe. You know, it's like the the adult Kinder Surprise. <laughs> Yeah, you get a nice little toy at the end too, right? Assemble the <laughs> assemble the race car. Um, Dan, uh, I want you to take a look at this. I want you to take a look at this. Have you ever seen this? And I'm going to get Dan for our audio describers to describe what he sees. But have you ever seen anyone with this kind of talent? That is a uh, woman with large chesticles using said chesticle to crush a can of beer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I need to see it again. I need to sleep, see it in slow motion, actually. Oh, yeah. No, nobody like... told me I was going to get an, a boner during this podcast. <laughs> so now you're making I, it weird. Why are you making it that's weird? That's the last thing I thought would happen to me during this podcast, BK, would be a full erection. But here I am. Um, that That's a skill. It's yeah. a, it's a, It should be on her resume. I was impressed when I met my wife, my, my girlfriend at the time, but now my Wait, wife. You tell me Lisa that has the skill? Is that what you're telling me? I'm not me? saying she has that skill, but one of the <laughs> things is I said, you know, my dream girl, uh, she, my dream girl uh, can also drink as much whiskey as I can. And I finally met someone who did this. So, yeah, Lisa has a good time. I've never seen her do that, but for some reason, I think she's capable. I think she, you know, I don't know why. I just think that she has the, uh, the acumen. Now, the real question is, how many glasses or drams of whiskey would she require in order to perform said task? I would say probably three quarters of a 26. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would say, like, yeah, like deep into the deep into the 26. See, yeah. it's good, though, that she drinks whiskey with you because my my wife, uh, for years and years, I tried to get her to get into craft beer. I tried every yeah. style of craft beer, the lightest to the fruitiest and nothing. No. Uh, but she does like whiskey, and I have a big collection at my bar here, so... I see you post on the gram all the time. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a it's a bad habit, and I uh, I'm I actually am disappointed sometimes that she likes whiskey because then I have to share it with. Her. Yeah, that's that does become a problem when you get you know it's like you know you start having arguments over who drank the last quarter of the bottle or who who polished off that bottle or whatever. Well, she's pretty. When I'm not around, she actually will text or call and say, "Like, okay, I'm gonna have a dram without you here. Which one can I have? Or like, just oh. give me the bottles I shouldn't touch, just in case. Because the last thing you want is for her to take some of your top shelf stuff and, yeah. uh, you know, we have mix a, yeah. it with something. I actually, that's probably why we don't have this problem is because I uh, I keep the good stuff in my ca I have a cabinet, like an antique cabinet that I inherited from my parents. Locked. Yeah, and it's got a little key, it's like a little antique key cabinet. And, uh, you know, we keep like fine china. We keep a bunch of stuff in there. But I do keep the special bottles of, of whiskey or scotch in there, which is good. What do you, what's in your, what's your top shelf? Uh, I've got a 35 uh, year old Canadian club that my son got me mm -hmm. for, um, nice for Christmas. Jeez, uh, I don't remember them all because I touch them so infrequently. Uh, a couple of Irish whiskeys that I can't pronounce that uh, came from the island, um, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, some Bowmore. Uh, oh yeah, Bowmore's good. Yeah, Bowmore's probably my go-to. I mean, the 
is it the 12 that's a bit readily available all the yeah, time it's a, for like just at the LCBO, 80, yeah. 90 bucks but i've got a, a 20 year old and uh, i also like a knock if you've never tried that it's uh, mm-hmm. a and big c o c uh they're 12 years really good and it's affordable um but i'm i'm gonna be ordering some of their higher end stuff because i have room on the top shelf now for that one Oh yeah, making room. That's that's the best part, really, of the top shelf is making room on the top shelf. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Every now and then you celebrate, right? When there's a reason to celebrate, you go to the top shelf. Absolutely. You take one of those bottles off, yeah. and uh, and you have a few. Dr- well, I, I say a few drams. Depends on the night. Yeah, my my top shelf started a couple of years ago, just before the pandemic, and and uh, and there was no shelf. You know, if there was whiskey in the house, we'd drink it. But then this was a bottle. I said I'm going to hang on to this for a specific reason. And uh, and then that reason recently, you know, sort of popped for me. Uh, well, there's the news. We've talked about it plenty on the podcast. I told you personally. But, yeah, I got the gig at Shea 106. Congrats. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm working with a, a great guy who's who's really uh, helping me tighten my shit up on, on radio. And, uh, and, and you know, great legendary brand in the city, right? Like I remember growing up in the Shea 106 balloon and the hot yeah, air in balloon. The, in the industry, you know? we call that a heritage station uh, for sure. I mean, I grew up yeah. listening to Shea. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 uh, great, and then it dovetails in with my lifestyle, looking after the house and the baby, and and uh, and everything uh, Monday to Friday. Right? I'm obsessed with the garden. That's the other thing. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm becoming a lawn guy. Well, I've become a bird watcher. So I mean, I guess that goes with age. Well, let me get you started on fucking birds, man. This is this has been my thing. They're pooping all over my backyard. Like it's it's nuts. And what kind of bird? A starling, starlings, and they like man. They're making it personal, like our windows, the back windows, the like Blair's little pool, her waiting pool, you know, all sorts of different shit, man. It's wild. Uh, I, I can't keep up. Lisa bought me a pressure washer and it doesn't it won't even it like I can't even keep up with the pressure washing. There's so much shit. The fence, everything, the shed. So um, I think you need a BB gun instead of a pressure washer. That's what everyone keeps telling me. But I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I, I a, don't have the time to sit on my back deck with a friggin' BB gun or a pellet gun. I mean, again, it's about saving myself the time. And Lisa and I can't agree on this. I brought this up already on the podcast with uh, Melanie at last episode. But I want to get a fucking owl, a mechanical or like a like a fake owl. They work. Do they? They work. I don't okay. even know if you need Good. a mechanic. I don't even know if you need a mechanical one. Uh, I have friends in Cornwall that own a golf course. Yeah. And we actually did our morning show one day on the patio. And on a few of the tables, they've got these owls. Yeah. And they're just there. And I just thought it odd. And the owners told me, she's like, if we don't put those there overnight, these things drop bombs all over the place. They just come and sleep here and they make a mess. They make a mess. So I I fully endorse buying the. I don't know if it needs to make sounds. (laughs) If you want to (laughs) save a couple of bucks, maybe you don't get the one that makes sounds. Because that one looks like that's well, that's only 30 bucks, I guess. So it's not the end of the world. Uh, but yeah. look at that. See, people are on your team there. 86% yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's a foregone conclusion. If Father's Day is coming up, dude. You're oh, a dad. That's true. I, you know, but my, again, my wife refuses. She doesn't want it. So she's not going to get it for me. Does and she, I can't get my. Because it looks tacky. Is that why she doesn't want it? She says, all right. She says the, the neighbors will complain. They'll call bylock as of the hooing because of the oh, noise yeah. in it makes. <laughs> just, just, just. Wait. Get that's the fucking fake weak. one, then. Yeah, get the that's fake a... one, though. You don't need a hooing one. 
Okay, yeah, that's true. But again, I think it's just a weak ass fucking excuse because she's probably you're right. I think she thinks it's tacky. Oh, it's I'm sure it's it. tacky. But it, what's worse, having a, a hooing owl in the backyard that might be a little on the tacky side or a pile of yeah. bird shit? I mean, this well, decision's pretty simple. And like, I'm the guy running the house now. That's the, my role, right? Like, I'm I look oh, after. You're digging in, hey! I like it. I'm digging into this role, and and I'm I want to, you know, if I'm responsible for that back deck, I'm responsible for the windows. I want to make sure that I don't have again. It's saving myself time in the long run. That's the way I look at it. So thank you for backing me up. Everybody's on my side. Lisa knows she's outnumbered. Even my mom is like, I'm I'm thinking of getting an owl, and I'm like, Mom, you don't have a bird poop problem. But I just I saw one and there's a two for one deal and I'll get one and I'll give you the other one. <laughs> like my mom's even trying to like subvert Lisa's plans. <laughs> See, we're the other way around here. Uh, our house is like a hotel. Uh, this oh, yeah. is I could film nature documentaries where we live. It's insane. Uh, we had uh, robins lay eggs right above our our front door for four years in a row. Oh, that's cute. And the robin didn't come back this year, and and I find out that robins only live four or five years, so she probably either died or got eaten by something at Hard some point. Hard winter. But this year we had a warbler lay some eggs, mm -hmm. and very interesting. And then we had uh, one big egg and three smaller eggs. They didn't look at all the same. And we did some research. Apparently, there are birds that will take an egg out, throw it on the ground, because we saw the broken egg, and lay an egg and dupe the warbler mother to to incubate and raise then feed the baby and then come back when the baby's ready to fly. Basically, the baby daddy comes out of jail and <laughs> comes looking for his kid. Exactly. What? Oh, he got he got parole, and uh, here he comes. But we woke up one day. The nest was on the front porch, and there were eggshells and nothing. Something knocked it off and ate them. So yeah. they were gone, and now we have a robin perched in the old robin spot with three eggs ready to hatch. Just what I'm telling you, we are the bird people. We have two different kinds of woodpeckers wow. hanging out in the backyard. We have yellow finches. Yeah, two they're different not pecking, kinds. They're not pecking the house, though. No, thank, thankfully, so far, the only thing we've ever caught one doing was pecking the satellite dish, and, and it mm. didn't last very long. Yeah, and, and that's under warranty anyway. The house like, high and low. We heard this racket. We were like, what is happening? It was like <laughs> rhythmic, but not there was no pattern to it, so we couldn't find yeah. it. And then eventually we looked out one of the windows, and there was a, a woodpecker <laughs> perched on it and just trying to peck at the dish. It was weird. Yeah, I'm not as I'm not as worried about that because you just call Bell or whoever your dish provider is and be like, yo, the satellite's broken. Come fix it. Like it's not your problem. It's like you're you're renting, you know. But if it's pecking off like you're siding, that happened. So this reminded me, my war with the starlings and their bird poop reminded me when I was a kid, there was a woodpecker pecking the window, uh, or like the window uh, frame uh, of our kitchen window when I was a kid. And my dad, it was like driving him crazy. And I just remember him out there like every Saturday and Sunday, like just trying to come up with a solution for it. Uh, so like, yeah, I was totally relating. I'm like, oh God, I'm, I'm there now. That's where I am in my life. You're a bird watcher. I'm a bird warrior. <laughs> you know, that's, that's where we're at in our lives, man. But it's totally opposite because your kids are all grown up. Dan is in his kids, uh, his, yeah. his kids gaming chair. And you're using your, his gaming setup. Like there's anime posters here <laughs> and he had to make his bed for me just so you don't see. Yeah, yeah. Like, and there's no way I'm touching his laptop. I don't know what DNA no, is on there. No. So, yeah, that's uh, that's where I am because when you are, because we're in the country, we have crap Wi-Fi here. Yeah. But uh, he bought like um, 
a booster. He's got a booster in here. Like, <laughs> this is, if I hit the wrong button, I'm going through the ceiling. I th- I'm sure there's an eject button here somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that, it's uh, it's totally opposite ends of our spectrum. Look at this, though, look at this chair, man. Look, look at this. <laughs> this is like yeah. the best chair in the world. It's a gaming chair. It's awesome. Yeah, Lisa wanted me to get a gaming chair. She was like, you, 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 I've got like a stool, like a wooden stool, you know, like it's, it's real kind of like Spartan around here. And, and she's like, you're, I'm, I feel so bad for your ass. I feel so bad for your lower back. You know, like, she's like, you need to get one of those chairs. And I'm like, you know, I just don't want a racing chair for my, for my professional workspace or you, professional. You might want to reconsider though, man. Cause this is like, this is some real comfy stuff here. That's what everyone says. That's what everyone says. I maybe I'm gonna have to find like a is there like a pseudo like business type gaming chair? You know, like if you're like the yeah, CEO of a gaming company. Well, yeah, because it's like if I told you I'm not a gamer, and then somehow you see this behind me, you're like liar. That's yeah, not exactly. A chair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sure, I'm sure you can get a matte black one that's incognito. I hope so. I'll do the research again. Like, you know, it's it's for the good of my posture. You know, it's so for your, it like your, so like your wife says, take care of your ass. Yeah. <laughs> I want to take care of her ass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. She's gone on a work road trip. I'm missing her right now. Um, there's a funny, I can't remember the name of the place, but this is a funny thing from when I lived in Cornwall, Ontario, and Dan and I worked together. Still what here. was, I can't, yeah, and you're still there doing the morning show. Boom. 101. Is it 101? 101.9. Point nine. Oh my God. It's funny because I work there. I should know that. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Boom 101.9 in yeah. Cornwall. It was Rock 1019 when you were here. That's right. Yeah. It's like this. I have this funny, funny habit of taking the rock and roll with me when I leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it follows me around. Um, no, but uh, uh, th- what was the na- So, yeah, short story long. What was the name of the Chinese restaurant place? Jack Lee's. Jack Lee's. That's right. I saw this news article and it made me think of our times and our lunch breaks. I can't believe we ate that much at our lunch breaks at Jack Lee's in Cornwall. But local man paralyzed after eating 413 chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think those the mini Jack Lee's buffet. Yeah. The, but the Jack Lee's is the thing about coming to a Cornwall buffet that you got to tell people. <laughs> Okay. When you come to the Cornwall Chinese buffet, we only have one now. We used to have two, and the other one closed during the pandemic. Yeah. I think there was a bat shortage after for the chicken balls. But <laughs> Jack Lee's has chicken wings on the buffet and French fries. Yeah. Like, that's that's because we don't have a lot of culture here on a good day. And, you know, the people that are going to a Chinese buffet, now when they go to Chinese buffets out of town that are a little bit more authentic... They're like, where are the fries? <laughs> I love Cornwall, man. That's what I liked about it. I liked it was just a come as you are. You like that we're uncultured. That's nice. I, that was no. That's <laughs> that was my favorite part. Part of the charm. Just letting it all hang out, you know, and for better or for worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do a bit when I when I'm on the road and I get introduced. Uh, I do stand up comedy, and when I do comedy on the road. And they were like, ah, and our next comic, uh, all the way from Cornwall. Um, this is yeah. a true story, but I always say, if I only don't, if I don't want to talk a lot about it, I don't have a lot of time. I always say very quickly, if you don't know much about Cornwall, I'll tell you one fact, and then I'll move on 
uh, we used to have a bar that accepted Canadian tire money at par. <laughs> and, that's, and that's that's all you need to know. Great, yeah, that's it was a called, great way of putting it. Any Cornwallites watching that are old enough will remember the old fort on 2nd Street. Sadly, it burned down. I think it was in 97. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that place accepted Canadian tire money at par. And uh, believe and it or not. And sadly, it burned down. Like insurance, insurance fraud much? <laughs> what the fuck? Do you know that story? There was no. an insurance fraud story that was connected. Oh, really? To the I guessed yeah. it. I named, nailed yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Canadian Tire Money at par. And uh, I don't know if you recall, in the, I believe it was in the early 90s, Ontario passed the topless law for women. You know, some women fought to have oh, yeah. the right yeah. to bear their breasts in public because men yeah. can take their shirt off anywhere. Why can't women? Yeah, And so after that law passed, that same bar uh, had topless waitresses. So if you were in Cornwall and someone invited you to a place called the Old Fort, would you roll the dice to go and see what the topless waitresses look like in that place? No, no. Old Fort and right, like, like cheese. That's what I think of when I hear Old Fort. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the beers would show up half empty because the girls with the waitresses kept tripping on their tits on the way to the table. Oh, you know? So no, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. If you, if you know, Dan, if you want this uh, comedy thing to uh, go any further, you're going to have to start uh, saying that you're from Ottawa instead of Cornwall. <laughs> like it, like it, the Barstool Prophets did. Corn, yeah, but Cornwall, <laughs> it's funny because Cornwall... When I'm on the road, especially Ottawa, low-hanging fruit, like Cornwall takes a beating oh, yeah, yeah. from all of my colleagues in comedy in Ottawa. Even uh, Montreal, not so much, but if you bring up – everyone knows where Cornwall is and a little bit about mm -hmm. it, but sadly, it's never good, right? It's either like, yeah. oh, does that paper mill still exist? Is it still reek in Cornwall? That's what I get. That's the, the <laughs> level just been... of knowledge most people know. And it was when I was on, on in Cornwall and living in Cornwall, that was when the, the factory shut down. I remember the last whistle and, you know, and that, that whole business, right? Yeah. Uh, like that was, I mean, that was half the, half the city was employed there. And yeah, like, it was a lot. Now the major employer in Cornwall is what? Crippling depression or? That along with Walmart logistics. We have a lot of, um, what do they call that? Uh, uh, well, the logistics market, right? We've got, a Shoppers Drug Mart warehouse here. We've got okay. uh, a Walmart warehouse here. And the, the Walmart one is insane. It's over yeah. uh, one point something million square feet. It's uh, it's our now logistics is our biggest employer in the city for sure. OK, well, that's I'm glad there is, you know, something positive happening there. You know, is La Maison still a thing? Do you, you do a show there? You do a comedy Dude, I, show at La Maison. I, I host a monthly show at La Maison. It's still rolling. It's got. Can I come? Orders. Can yes. I come? Yes. Okay. Uh, June twenty eighth. I have an open mic. I would love it if you came down for that. June twenty eighth. Okay. Let me just let a me Tuesday before night. I commit. Before I commit, let me take a look at the cow. It's a Tuesday Please. night. I've got anytime you walk in that door on a. It's it's an open mic, so it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of first timers. <laughs> I know you're not a first timer. No, but still. Um, I like I like the open mics. Um, unfortunately, uh, I have in my calendar Lisa Exec Walk in Niagara Falls, so she's out of town on that 28th, and that means that I'm looking after the baby. There's nobody to. You're parenting. Well, they'll be. I'll. I'll you know what? Now yeah. consider consider this the flare I needed to. Next time I do one, I will definitely reach out to you and please and do. Please do. Yeah. I, actually, you know what? I've been on hiatus from comedy because you know uh, pandemic and then baby. 
Um, but I, I do want to come back. I've been saying it for fucking like a year now. I want to get back. So I will make whatever my next gig is, my first return to comedy, I will make that a Dan Alaire show wherever nice. that happens to be. Okay, man? Right on. Yeah. And I'm in Ottawa all the time. Like I know. I you were here. I saw you were here at the Royal Oak in Barhaven. It, weren't, it wasn't one of your shows, but you were you were on the show. Yeah, I, was, I hosted that night. Uh, what a great place, too. I had never been to that location yeah. of the Royal Oak. Uh, there's a place I used to do a show for Yucks called the Jolly Taxpayer. Uh, okay. Maybe that maybe that will come back at some point again. People are still kind of dusting themselves off and, and rebuilding. Sure. Uh, sure. But I, I host at the Yucks Club often enough uh, at the Marriott. They're on Kent Street at the Marriott now. Nice. And um, I was there two weeks ago, and it was Ron Jostle and uh, Jean Paul that were uh, co-headlining. Uh, with me, I was just hosting, and uh, these two guys are on Roast Battle Canada. They the premiere was last night, yeah. uh, so it's it's cool. Like the Ottawa's got some real talent coming through there. Uh, sure Sophie, it does. Sophie Buttle also on Roast Battle Canada. I did a show with her uh, on a pirate ship on the Rideau River uh, last year. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the other thing too. Like comedy shows <laughs> happen in the weirdest of fucking places, right? Like on yeah. a pirate ship. What? You, you say that, and it's like, it's kind of funny for us, like it's a chuckle, but other people are like, probably listening, being like, what the fuck, a fucking pirate ship? Yeah, that's Sca- that's where you do comedy. Crazier than that, I actually have a pirate joke, like I my first set that I ever did. <laughs> he does so many been- pirate ships that he has to have a pirate ship joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only one I've ever done, but I, I the first set I ever did, one of the first jokes I ever wrote five years ago. Uh, has pirate references to it. Uh, and so I was like, ah, you know what? I'm going to, I had 20 minutes on the boat, right? So I was like, yeah. okay, I'm going to blow the dust off that one. And I can't not do the one already written joke on the boat that's about pirates on a pirate ship. Yeah. And uh, it, it worked out well. It's probably one of my dirtier jokes too, because the it's all about the dirty pirate. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. 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 I always tell people, don't Google that at work in the Urban Dictionary because HR will show up at your desk. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I believe it or not, I had a pirate joke locked and loaded from an old, old set for the pirate ship last summer. I uh, I would have just gone on stage and be like, "Hey, you guys," and then just and then just did the rest of my bit. Like I, I would have just left. Can left I it slide down the mast on the way down to <laughs> yeah. start my set? Yeah, yeah. Can I swing in on a rope with a knife in my mouth. Yeah, Why not? sure. Why not? That's what. <clears throat> excuse me. That's what I love, Dan. I love seeing it. I'm glad we finally connected. You know, and schedules are busy, but like, dude, you're hustling. You're like, oh, that was an old set, or that was this, and I'm doing 20 minutes here, man. Like, man. Like, I think I have maybe 10 good minutes, maybe 15, maybe 20 of like sort of subpar. But I'm like that. The fact that Dan is doing like three, four nights a week easily. Well, now that we're rolling again, it's starting to get that way. Yeah, I, yeah, I slowed looks, down it, a little bit in the summer because my, my wife is a teacher. So I try. Yeah, and, right. I also try and book gigs that can turn into either date nights or getaways. Right. We kind of yeah. uh, combine it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. like just before the pandemic hit, like a lot of people, like things were rolling for me and mm-hmm. I was writing a lot and I was getting booked a lot. And then Zoom shows just sucked the life right out of me, like a yeah. lot of people. Uh, I did some, but I, I really didn't enjoy them more than that. And then, yeah. you know, every time we'd come out of lockdown for a little bit with the plexiglass and the whatevers, uh, it just ebbed and flowed. And now that we're back out and doing it again, um, 
when we came out of that last lockdown early in the year, um, I probably did more writing than I had the whole time we were locked down because we were living again, right? Yeah. You're motivated. You're doing stuff. So I, I've probably written about 10 or 15 new minutes, if not more, uh, since February. And uh, I've been, you know, I've just, I, I've written a couple of jokes in the last two weeks. One is stage tested and working, and the other one is still waiting for June. To, you could have saw it June 28th for the first time. Uh, but I, yeah. I'm doing a lot of writing, and, uh, you know, things are, again, I'm performing more again, and it's starting to roll. As a matter of fact, on Saturday, just this past weekend, uh, I was invited to uh, Toronto at Yuck Yucks to perform uh, and feature for Mark Breslin. He saw me in Ottawa last summer. So, um, so the guy, the guy, the, the Yuck Yucks uh, guy. Yeah, the guy uh, saw me last year on a patio on a August night late show with 12 people in the crowd. But he was one of them. And he was no, I didn't. He, I didn't count him. He he was in the back oh, okay. with with Howard, the owner. Uh, so twelve audience members, but you know he saw he saw something through just twelve people, and he said he wanted to see me in his club in Toronto, and he gave me his card. We kept in touch, and uh, Saturday night I went and uh, featured in Toronto. Uh, had a great set. It went super good. Had a nice meeting with him afterwards, and uh, uh, some opportunities uh, are going to be coming my way uh, through uh, the yeah. Yuck brand. As a matter yeah. of fact, I'll likely be my first non-Ottawa. I'm at Yuck Yucks Ottawa uh, the 18th, 19th, and 20th, uh, coming up in August. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just before that, my wife and I are heading to Halifax for a few days. Oh, and, there's your uh, getaway. There's your there's getaway. There's the getaway, yeah. but uh, I'm likely going to be on the uh, August 6th show at Yucks Halifax, hopefully. Uh, Mark said he would organize that for me, so... Uh, yeah, things are starting to happen, and uh, I'm. And then I'm you got the excited. radio gig, and then you got the radio gig too. Like you got the morning radio thing in Cornwall. Like you're a fixture there. Like it's a you know you're a known quantity, a known personality in the city. So it's like, so you you've kind of got like gravy on top of everything. Like this is a whole new venture, really. In yeah, a lot of it, ways. A lot of people, a lot of comedians, like they know. Uh, I get up early in the morning, right? Four o'clock. You get up in the morning, mm. and if you're doing comedy, you're likely out late. And that's how I don't know. That's why I don't know how you're doing it, man. Like you're, I'm, I'm, when I was doing mornings in Barry, I was like, how is this guy out? He works the same hours as me. How's this guy out like four nights a week? I could barely do one open mic like on a Tuesday. And then I got to, you know, that's it. That's all I got. The juice well, that I have. I will say uh, naps. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. take, <laughs> I take naps. It's, yeah. a it's a joke. When I come home, my mom lives at my house. Right. And, and when I come home uh, late morning or it's early afternoon and I head towards our bedroom, she's always like, Oh, good night. I'm like, I'm going to have a little nap. <laughs> um, but I, I always say the same thing to people like uh, comedy, you know, you've got to be on, you've got to be sharp, you know, you, you got to bring it. And same with morning radio. But when I get up in the morning, uh, there's coffee in the world <laughs> and, yeah. and it's a four hour show. I'm yeah. not in charge. I'm not going to hurt anybody. I'm not operating heavy machinery. Uh, I'm not responsible for anyone's well-being, I guess, like physical. So I can pull it off. And as you can attest, you love radio probably maybe more than I do. And I love that. Uh, love the career. <laughs> uh, love man. doing love doing comedy, right? And when you, yeah. when you love something, you know, it's such a hokey saying, you don't work a day in your life. I work, but I enjoy every minute of it. And I'm a yeah. road tripper on top of that. Like that commute, I listen to podcasts. I listen to like... Well, I use it, and I use having that time, having that time in the car too. 
as I know from commuting for six years of my life from Newmarket to Barrie, one hour, one way, you know, like two hours a day in the car um, just to get to work. Uh, I listen to a ton of podcasts. I listen to a ton of stuff. And that's the worst part. Like Lisa's like, oh, man, you're missing Mark Maron these days. Are you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. You know, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to say the name. It's like saying Voldemort these days. But, you know, I miss Joe Rogan. I want to I want to get a. <laughs> I want to get an update on elk meat and uh, and get an update on aliens and shit. Like, you know, all the other stuff that people complain about Joe Rogan, man, I'm not there for that shit. I'm there for the aliens. I'm there for the DMT trips and the mushrooms. And, the, you know, <laughs> I want to hear about the drugs and the and the uh, and the, the crazy experiences. Right. The, the I don't want to do I don't want to do DMT myself, but I want to hear about it. The thing with Rogan, though, his podcasts are like three hours long. Well, that's again when you're driving two hours a day in your car. I would crush one half on the I way suppose, to work. Yeah, I and one half on the way back. So there's two of them that I listen to every week, um, and and one comic is on both of them. One of them's called "We Might Be Drunk" with Mark Norman and Sam Morell. Man, Mark Norman is my favorite right now. Well, I'm gonna tell you a story about him in a moment. Then, yeah. Um, and then the other one I love is called Tuesdays with Stories. Yeah. And that's with Joe List and Mark Norman. Yeah. So uh, I'm a twos gay. That's what you call yourself if you're a, a fan of the podcast. <laughs> the twos gay. Calls, they call us twos gays. Uh, I'm doing the uh, Portland, Maine Comedy Festival in August. I'm heading down to Portland, Maine. And who's closing out the festival? Nope. Mark Norman. Yeah. Mark Norman. Oh, man. So I'm so pumped. I'm getting my tickets for the early show. And yeah. I get to do two shows sometime uh, Friday between Friday and Sunday. And then... Sunday night, uh, Norman closes it out, and I am beyond excited yeah. to go. I told my wife, we were going to come home on the Sunday until I saw he was closing it out. And I said, there's no way I'm going to be in the same city as one of my favorite comedians and from the way it. he performs, the way he writes, to the podcast that he does. It's and his now, writing, man. Oh, they're so it's... good. To... And yeah. I can't be that close and not – Go see. I don't care how much yeah. the show is. I don't think it's included in my festival credential stuff that I'll have. But I, yeah. I I'm so excited about it. Yeah, I, I I love his writing and and you know listen I'll I'll, I'll watch his you know his specials you know and YouTube I'll, I'll listen to him you know but the thing that I love the most about Mark Norman is his Twitter. I and again that's just how good of a writer he is because yeah. he can cram so many laughs on so many different levels too into a fucking 160 character tweet. If you've seen him, uh, if you've heard him on a podcast, he uses a lot of his tweets as a testing ground Yeah, for his writing. And he'll yeah. tweet something out, and if it gets a good response, like, quickly, if he sees the, the likes climbing more than, like, yeah. you know, 10 or 20 per minute, he's like, okay, there's something here, and then he'll then he'll move it to the write-it pile. Yeah, and that's, and that's kind of how I've been operating for years. It was like comedy and Twitter and social media, just in general, things that I found funny or things that I'd post on social media that would get a great response. I would craft those into a bit that would either be for this podcast or for the radio show or both or a longer version for the podcast and, you know, in a 45 second minute version of, you know, uh, for, for radio, you know, there's, uh, you know, it just cycles, you know, it's nice having like those different outlets that you can, you know, sort of cycle your, your material around. And then eventually, it gets distilled into its best version. Yep. I have um, I have three bits uh, that I could close with. I have three what I would call closers. Um, and all three, uh, sorry, two of the three of them started on my morning show. 
You know, they, yeah. they were things I did on the morning show. And and if there's an idea there, it stays in your head and it bounces around even subconsciously for a little while. And then all of a sudden, yeah. boom, something hits. I take out my phone, make a couple of notes. And uh, like one of them, I think we did on the air f- five or six years ago. And it just, for whatever reason, when I started writing jokes, I remembered talking about these candles and I wrote a whole bit on them and I close with it. And I love, it's my favorite joke. My nice. absolute favorite. Like I will be sad the day I retire it. Uh, the because... day that Mark Breslin comes to you and is yeah. like, you know, Dan, the candles bit, you know, we can just retire. That <laughs> well, he's only heard it the one time. So I, I've got, again, it's not like I perform like these guys. I, I, they're full time, right? These guys write on the road. They're gone every weekend. They do all sorts of stuff. As busy as I am, uh, I'm, I'm not anywhere near the schedule of a full-time comic. Uh, but I, you know, believe it or not, I, I, I consider my, like, there's pro-am. I'll still do open mics and all that other stuff. I haven't, like, completely arrived, but I, I do consider myself a professional comedian because I get paid for my craft and I do corporate events. And Yeah, the and fact that you get paid, man, the fact that you get paid is, is the, that makes you a professional. You know, I think I got paid a couple of times, but not really. Most of my gigs, speaking of doing comedy, like, four or five nights a week, that was in Hamilton. Like in Hamilton, man, I was out every night of the week because it was not only that you do some comedy or you maybe do a couple of different joints, you know, along one street. Um, but then you would uh, then you would go for beers with your friends. Like my buddy Scotty would be DJing down the street or whatever. And I pop in and see him. And like I was just again, I was out drinking every night of the week, which, you know, is uh, was on par for a 30 year old me. And uh <laughs> And, you know, and, and out on the scene. So, you know, it started with comedy. Comedy was the appetizer for my evening. But, yeah, I'd be, like, speaking of doing gigs and pirate ships and weird places, like, I did uh, comedy at a Jewish deli, you know? Uh, I did comedy at a laundromat. I did comedy, you know, like, all these places that just pop up indie comedy. And that was the great thing about Hamilton, man. It's a great comedy scene. If you want to branch out, man, get into Hamilton, Dan. There's, a, there's, some, there's some great shit happening there. Great group of guys. Well, the, uh, one of the things that, I mean, I'm in Cornwall, right? So there's no scene here. Uh, you <laughs> are the scene. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the opportunity uh, here that I do in other cities. So I travel to Ottawa and Montreal primarily. If I have enough new material that I want to try, I'll go, you know, travel for maybe a beer ticket or a drink or whatever. Uh, but for the most part, I, I like to get some compensation, at least cover my gas. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the, especially with the price of gas now. Uh, but at some point in time, I've, I've made enough connections over the last three years that uh, at some point, the, the goal is to head to Toronto and spend a few nights there and hop on a few shows just to yeah, get some circuit. exposure in a bigger market than I have been around here. Yeah. Uh, same with, with Montreal. I, I just, I just need to find a couch to crash on. That's the thing, right? I don't want to go there and spend thousands of dollars in accommodations and, gas and craziness uh uh a little uh couch here and uh maybe split an airbnb with another comic who'd want to do it there uh get a little bit more exposure because there's a club in hamilton called levity comedy club and i yeah. love i'd love to go there and do a weekend so at some point in time when well, it seems- I, I i know the guys kind of you know i can uh you know, pass the puck there whenever you, whenever, whenever you like, I can make I, the introduction. I insist I'll take, uh, I'm going to yeah. send them. I'll probably end up sending them something late. Cause I, obviously the summer is a crazy time for everybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so in the fall, I'll probably send out a few more targeted emails with my, uh, 
with my uh, with one or two of my sets in it so they can kind of have a look at what I do and um I just I love the road tripping and it, it, you you get the bug into something I I started doing this I'm going to be 49 in October and I started doing this at 44 years old but That's it was, the fun. It was something I always it. wanted to do right it's it's always yeah. been there and and what allowed me to do it is the opposite of like our our lives are like backwards right yeah. like i i kind of wanted to do it but i never did any of it before my kids were born and older and you started it and you got the bug and now you've got how old is blair like a year and three months yeah. like so dude, you, it, it's so funny <laughs> that's because when you say like oh i'm gonna be 49 and i'm like holy shit he's like only eight. i forgot how close we were in age you're like seven eight years older than me but you have like a teenage kid who plays video games. Not really. And, He's going to be 20 next month. So yeah, so ex fucking exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about right there. Fucking yeah. exactly. And I'm like frigging my, I'm breaking down already, you know, and she's a year and a bit, like just a year and a smidge. So yeah. Uh, I mean, good on you for, for getting it done early, my friend. Because <laughs> yeah. now you're free. Now you're free to just go out and do the things. And now I'm locked down. That's, uh, no more smoking weed at concerts. <laughs> yeah, well, we might be able to find one. B. I'm sure we could find one at some point. Yeah. Uh, but but the, I mean, for us, it was the comedy thing wasn't in the picture, but it was a calculated move. When we got married yeah. in '98, our first plan when we got married was that hey, we're going to travel, we're going to wait three years to have kids, and then we realized, ah, oh, to travel it costs money, and we don't yeah. have any money. Uh, not that kids are free. I was going to say, <laughs> it's only no, a kid. <laughs> I, I, just meaning that, you know, to travel and, and spend like hundreds or thousands of dollars on something you get no return on other than memories and a good time at that point yeah. made no sense because we wanted to buy a house and start a family or whatever. So I like we had Jenny, uh, we got married in 98 and she was born in December 99. So yeah. we had our first kid early and then Max was 02. And then, you know, the plan, like, we're not going to be 50 and both of our kids will be, you know, well onto their careers and we don't have to worry about them. That's why I'm able to do what I do and do all these road trips to Kingston, Ottawa, Montreal, and these odd yeah. getaways to Toronto is because my kids are self-sufficient. And meanwhile, I'm going to have a fucking cane at my daughter's high school grad. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's whose grandfather is that Be yeah like, oh, that's blair's dad <laughs> that's that's where it's at like i'm gonna have a whole different list of concerns than like all the other parents there you know they're gonna be all about like oh yes we're saving our rsps and i'm gonna be like no my rsps are running out fuck <laughs> she'll be changing your diaper yeah, pretty much. And hey, happy happy high school grad, honey. Now you need to come and look after me. Well, my daughter is uh, currently a PSW. And, oh, and that, good move. And that's what they do. She's going back to school in September to, to take her RN program. Oh, okay. Um, but, but I was like, oh, good. You know, you're a PSW. She goes, if you think, if there's <laughs> one arse I'm not wiping, there's one diaper. I'm not changing. It's yours. Never. I'm like, all right. Well, uh... she's probably been in the bathroom after you too in her life. So she <laughs> yes, already got a, I already got a taste. Yeah, I, I do not want to go anywhere near that when it's fresh. <laughs> it's Dan Alaire comedy, bitches. Find him on social media. What's the social tag? Uh, this is Dan Alaire comedy, both on Facebook and on Instagram. Awesome. But Dan, thanks for being on the podcast tonight. Great connecting. Come back again when schedules allow. Love to have you back. Uh, always some good laughs. And 
Great well, to see uh, you. And I'm coming to Ottawa. We're going to do lunch or we're going to do something. Uh, yeah. it's, it's long overdue. You're, you're too close now to not make it happen. That's that, you know, a lot of people have been saying that. And uh, yeah, it'd be great to connect, man, in person too, because, uh, you know, because I'm over the COVID and whatnot. And uh, because I got my taste and smell back, I'm happy to go for lunch. <laughs> Ooh, I'm, yeah. also, I'm also a survivor, so we're good. Yeah, we all made it, friends. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer. Such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.